What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Raise the Geek podcast, where geek is all we speak. We have a packed show this week, including the Falcon Winter Soldier finale, the penultimate episode of Invincible, and we talk all about the new Mortal Kombat movie. And by we, I mean Chris and Don. Let's go. What's up, Don? How we doing, man? Another beautiful Saturday. Chris, it is another beautiful Saturday, my friend. Just uh, relaxing. I'm, get, I'm getting used to these uh, recording Saturdays. It's pretty it's pretty fun to have in your schedule of things to do over the weekend after a long week of work. So I'm doing all right, man. How, right. how, you, how about you? You guys had snow this week? Yeah, we did actually a little <laughs> bit. Like it's it's a weird Midwest thing. We always kind of expect this to happen. They like give you a little hint of spring, some even summertime weather's there for a little bit. Like I think we were in the seventies or something uh a couple weeks ago. People are walking around wearing shorts and t shirts. Then all of a sudden, uh a day this week there's actual snowflakes coming down out of the sky. I was like, What is going on? This is insane and I shouldn't be surprised because something like it happens every year where you get this little bit of snowfall. I mean, but luckily it didn't accumulate. Yeah. Uh, it didn't stick to the ground much, but it's still just jarring to see it coming out of the sky again in like late April. Like we're supposed to be done with this. Yeah. This is spring. It was always weird growing up up there because that's my birthday was this week. And I got a text yeah. from my mom this week that was like, happy birthday. It's snowing. And I'm just, I'm like, well, it's not snowing here. It's, you know, right. maybe something degrees. But it was always weird growing up because I remember getting like a Super Soaker 100 for my birthday and being super excited, but having to put on layers of coats to go out and actually <laughs> play with it and have a water gun fight with somebody because yeah. it was so cold outside in the end of April. So yeah, it's it's just that yeah, getting hit getting hit with those streams of water in uh, 20 degree temperature can't be safe for children. I'm yeah. sure that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure there. I'm sure there are lots of uh, pneumonia stories coming from. Remember that right. time you were yeah. playing with that water gun out in the cold? It was almost Bay, Mom. Yeah, we we weren't building snowmen or sledding anything this week, but uh, it did come down a little bit. Didn't have to break out the shovel, but <laughs> hopefully, weird. yeah, hopefully we're past that now and get stay in these warm temperatures. People don't like, some people don't believe in global warming, but like clearly it's a thing because there's no such thing as seasons anymore. It's just like, whatever's going to happen is it'll snow in May, it'll rain in December, like it'll still be hot in October. It's We got nine inches of snow. (laughs) Right. At least it was February, so at least it was seasonally appropriate. Mm -hmm. But Texas ain't used to no snow. That's why our whole grid just almost took the whole country down. Yeah, you guys almost got knocked off the map there for a little That's bit. It. Everyone keeps talking about California or Florida. It was almost Texas. We almost got froze and just chopped right off. Yeah. I saw an article today that Minnesota's all mad because their energy bills went up to try to offset costs somehow. I don't really know how because as far as I'm aware, my the Texas grid isn't connected to the Americas. Yeah, because Texas is like its, Wants own, to be its own country. Yeah, yeah it's, its own world. Whatever. That is not what we're here to talk about. We're not here to talk about the weather climate change or minnesota (laughs) that's for another episode that's another another episode episode. yeah that's when that's when raise the geek gets serious (laughs) we're here 
to talk about everything geek this week, which we have tons of great stuff to talk about. So let's just jump right into it. But first, we're going to hit up some business, which is make sure you guys are like, subscribe, and following us on podcasts and social media services. Want to join the conversation? Shoot us an email over at raisedageek at gmail.com and make sure you guys are following us over at Raise the Geek. There's a lot of good action going on over there. A lot of other great podcasts um, that have been taken us in, which has been really great to see. So definitely make sure you check some of them out as well. And make sure you stop and review us. We want five stars. Anything that you guys could do would be great. Leave a comment under that review and we might just read it on the show. Yes, sir. All right. You ready, man? Let's jump into some coming attractions. Let's do it. The day after we recorded our last podcast and we're like, there's no trailers, no trailers to talk about. Then Marvel drops Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings on us like out of nowhere. And I just couldn't stop laughing going, well, here's this would have been helpful the day before. Yeah, I think it was the next day after our <laughs> after we recorded our last episode, Chang Chi came out. I was like, oh man. But it's hey. better late than never. We're still able to talk about it right now. And Chang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is finally gonna come out. I think we were supposed to originally see it in theaters in February of this year, but now it's been pushed to September due to, you know, the world. September third, twenty twenty one is when it's set to hit theaters. This movie looked awesome. <laughs> totally totally man like it just uh yeah it had its little marvelisms and their little jokes um but just i don't know much about shang chi the legend of the ten rings that's not my you know I'm, I'm not familiar with the history too much just the basic subplot with the mandarin i knew yeah. the mandarin was a character originally in iron man 3 that everyone was excited to see ben kingsley play and then it turned out spoilers for iron man 3 but it turned out that that character wasn't really the Mandarin. But then in like a DVD bonus extra on like Avengers Age of Ultron, they decided to do a, a short where the real Mandarin shows up to get Ben Kingsley for pretending to be him, which I don't remember if they showed him or not. Here's here's a confession. I never watched All Hail the King that short. Oh, you never watched that? No, I never did. I've always was aware of his existence but just haven't watched it yet so if it is the same guy which i doubt it is because that was so long ago i wouldn't even know it like yeah i don't oh, know yeah. that's, that's just one that kind of slipped through the cracks on me that uh all hail the king short so and they threw him on a blu-ray if you didn't happen to buy the blu-ray or if you didn't get at that time too it was it was only on the blu-ray but if you bought the dvd you didn't get the bonus features and there, there were a million reasons to to miss it so no no hate on that and i haven't seen it in a long time but um, now everyone's screaming, just watch it on YouTube, because I'm sure yeah. it's there. But, you probably could. And I probably could right after this. And maybe we will. Maybe we will, <laughs> podcast listener who just yelled that at us. We're, we, we're listening. We can hear you through the We hear you. We hear we, you. <laughs> we hear Calm you. down. Calm down. <laughs> Drive straight. We got you. You're okay. We got you. We'll watch it. But anyway, um, we're heading back now. We're getting the Mandarin done right. Hopefully this is going to make a lot of fans of that character extremely happy. But this movie just looked like a Marvel martial arts flick, man. They just went all out uh, to see all of the different, you know, crouching tiger, hidden drag, just blockbuster martial arts flicks, which you just don't get, especially in America. You don't get very often. So the idea of this just big budget blockbuster martial arts flick has me so freaking excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, the the action 
in that trailer was you know pretty high level it looked like for uh for what it was and that and the i don't know the music combined the music they had in the background of that trailer was really cool and those together just like set this great atmosphere uh for this movie i feel like i would go i'd be excited to go see this even if it wasn't an mcu movie just like it looked that that cool to me uh like you said we see the real man mandarin in there um the other the other villains they showed uh death dealer and razor fist both looked really cool like lower level like mandarin's gonna be the big bad i'm sure or at least they want us to think he is but those guys look like uh some cool villains and um I don't know the the Ten Rings logo they showed is a cool Easter egg. To, we've seen that before in, I believe, the first Iron Man. It was in scenes uh, where Tony Stark was in like that cave prison. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and I I think it was in Iron Man three also. So we know how Marvel likes to do these Easter eggs and throwbacks to stuff they've they've already done, and like connecting everything. So I thought that was cool. Um, one connection I can kind of see coming. I don't know if you noticed or felt like it could be uh, like a Madripoor connection to what we've seen recently in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. A lot of those scenes in the Shang-Chi tra- trailer uh, where they're fighting in like a neon town and everything was like purple. Mm. I mean, that if that's not Madripoor, I don't know what is, you know. Yeah. I Did you be... kind of get that vibe? Did you yeah, think about now that? Yeah, you're saying it, now that you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, it did you know i wasn't really placing a location but that's an interesting connection to make there my friend yeah right that that would be totally cool connect it with something we're all uh just recently saw in falcon and winter soldier so i don't know in um all in all i'm just super excited about shang chi it actually has passed black widow on my excitement level for upcoming marvel movies uh i mean yeah this one out of this slate that yeah. they're doing whatever pays for this one was the one without knowing anything about it i was the most excited for just because i love martial arts flicks right and so just the idea of an mcu a marvel a big budget martial arts movie had me super excited anyway um so now seeing it i'm super pumped yeah this is just they've all had all of the mcu has had especially when you call fall down with like captain america we just kind of got done watching falcon and the winter soldier black widow they all have their martial arts inspirations a little bit but to go full-on martial arts is just awesome and really bring the culture the asian culture into it and really kind of let that shine for what it is is just an awesome an awesome yeah. thing because like we said you know marvel's good at inclusiveness especially um later in in some of these newer later projects they're trying so, you know they're trying so i mean we, we've had you know the black panther movie which was important to a lot of people um and the themes in falcon winter soldier and then this also seems like a movie that is putting um characters and different people to the forefront who haven't uh been there yet and so yeah it seems like a really important movie for for everybody to see like more inclusiveness and more diversity uh so that's something i really like about it and just adds to the interest level for me yeah absolutely so then basically the basic quick plot 
for those who might not have checked out the trailer yet, is basically about a, a skilled martial artist, Shang-Chi, who is trained at a young age to be an assassin by his father, Wen Wu. And Shang-Chi leaves the organization, the Ten Rings organization, to try to live a normal life. Uh, and then basically you kind of run that fish out of water type story. But then after it sounds like in the trailer, his father basically says, go live your life for 10 years. And then this movie is picking up where the 10 years are up and his father is coming to get him. And his father is basically the bad guy of the film. So yeah, it seems like a, seems like a good, good time for me. <laughs> yeah. That's a cool plot. And it seemed like um, Shang Chi is kind of against that idea. He, he kind of maybe, I mean, this is just speculating. He wants to, live his own life and so we'll see how that goes I, I found it really cool that he doesn't at least they didn't show it in the trailer he doesn't like have a fancy uh costume like mm-hmm. a lot like a lot of the other marvel heroes do, do he's not like a dressed up like captain america or the thor suit or like an iron man costume he's just like a dude in his kung fu clothes man it's it's cool i mean i'm sure he'll get something a little more uh with some logos and stuff because you know they want to sell toys too but uh I, i've seen like you i'm not super familiar with shang chi i've seen him in a couple uh books recently he was on like an avengers roster sometime in the past 10 years so i've seen some of him but he's always just kind of like uh you know monk garb kung fu style what you would think outfits so mm-hmm. it, it's cool just a little break from huge fancy flamboyant costuming so absolutely i can't wait to talk more about this as we get more information see more trailers and then come in september which will be here before we know it maybe we'll even be sitting in the theater watching it who knows what we'll see bring (laughs) i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind seeing that one on the big screen come september 3rd i'm with Uh, you on that the other trailer that came out this week that was completely out of nowhere on my part until you sent me a text that says, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and it was the trailer for the MODOK show. Did I say that right? MODOK? You did, MODOK. Over on Hulu. So there's a MCU Marvel animated show that's not going to Disney Plus going on to Hulu uh, where where my assumption comes in is that where Disney wants to place all of their not for kids content, that's where, you know, Deadpool one and two is. And so the fact that MODOK is kind of like a robot chicken, like animation style makes me feel like it might be a little bit risque too risque for the kid. Yeah. That's what you kind of brought up that point. When we were talking about it before and I didn't really think about it, but this show being animation if it were to be on Disney plus parents and and people who are responsible for children might not know, and they'll just see Marvel animated. Oh, let's watch it. And then if it's some crazy uh, show with like blood and killing and adult jokes and adult humor, like that would not be good. So I can, I totally understand them putting it on Hulu. Uh, Seems like Hulu is like the little, little brother to Disney where they just, they own it and they'll kind of push stuff on there that, maybe not might be right for their other uh platforms but hey it is what it is right yeah it was a crazy trailer i don't know much about modok except for that he exists i don't really know his story <laughs> this version he's voiced by Patton oswald who has been popping up in everything lately um the past handful of years seems like that dude is the go-to character actor <laughs> right 
for everything. And uh, but he voices Modok, who looks like he's just trying to like live an everyday life <laughs> and, and just keeps getting into trouble. Yeah, I yeah, I re- wish I could deep dive deeper into Modok. Yeah, it, it looked it looked interesting uh, to start Modoc. For those who don't know, like is a uh, it's an acronym for uh, mental organism designed only for killing. <laughs> so this is what this is what Modoc means. Uh, so that that alone is like funny enough, and that's truly what he goes by in like comics. Yeah, he's a he's a villain they use from time to time. Very strange looking uh, dude, it's like a I head. Guess. Yeah, he's a head. I guess he, from what I remember, he was like uh, part of the organization, the AIM organization in Marvel, Advanced Idea Mechanics. And something happened with like, um, he was experimented on and maybe that's why, he, what the way he looks like he looks. But uh, as far as like his power set and what he can do, I'm not really, I don't know too much about him because I've like, haven't read much of him. But I don't know, this show just seems like a little side show for Marvel it's not like the main event of anything. It's not the, uh, it won't be their focus on anything going forward. I'm sure it'll have, you know, some uh, promotion leading up to it and they'll get behind it a little bit, but it's not like a, it's not part of the MCU story or it's, it's just kind of its own little side thing. So I don't know. I'm definitely, when it, when it does come out, I'm gonna, I'm sure I'll watch the first one and see how it goes. And it's up in the air, how I'll feel about this show, but it's just something it's more content more marvel content for us to talk about yeah i'm excited to watch it and apparently they i don't know if it was one we watched but there is an uncensored not suitable for work trailer so i think that's going to answer our question right there that that's why it's on hulu and it's kind of going to be its own thing and i'm fine with that yeah i wasn't aware there was that but if there is something like that out there it it just it's a hint as to what they've got going with that show so yeah i'm sure that's the case so if you like robot chicken slash like claymation weirdness with probably over the top violence and language that might be check out modok the uh i don't don't remember the acronym but the killing machine man (laughs) he's a killing machine head (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm not talking about modok anymore okay all right, moving on. We had some news this week, um, and I'm going to screw up his name, but Annie Muschietti, who yes. is the director of the upcoming Flash movie, and he re- recently came off directing both It Chapter 1 and 2. Uh, he announced a start of production for the Flash movie. So he tweeted out earlier this week that uh, a logo and said, here we go. And the, the Flash movie is officially a go. So Ezra Miller... Snyderverse lives in some weird way, one way or another. It was also confirmed as part of this whole thing that Michael Keaton is going to be in this movie as Batman. His agent came out and or his manager basically came out and said, yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to be in this. How you feel about the flash movie, man? Flash exists. It is going to happen. I know it was uh, up in the air there for a while during all the transition that, dc and like them not thinking they were going to do the snyder stuff anymore but part of me just thinks the quote-unquote success of justice league just kind of feeds into this that it kind of got pushed forward uh a little more and i mean all we got was a message on instagram from the director saying 
production is starting. So, you know, no trailer yet, no footage. So there's nothing for us to really see. We just kind of know it's out there. It exists. Uh, it's going to happen. It, yeah, it's going to happen. I feel okay about it. I mean, I was never super excited for the Flash movie when I first heard about it because uh, I know some people will like crucify me for saying it, but like Flash has never been one of my most in- interesting characters to me. Like he's just kind of a afterthought in my mind. So um, I don't know. It's, it's cool. It, it makes me question like you just mentioned what is going on with the Snyder Zack Snyder connection like is that still a thing or is DC seems like they want and WB seem like they want to get away from it but the fans want it and there's all these petitions to restore it and but then Flash is coming with Ezra Miller who was a big part of that so are we just going to act like uh Justice League didn't happen is it a new fresh story like what is going on that's my biggest question about it's it's really weird because like I said there's there's no plans on reuniting these characters so it's like Zack Snyder had their theatrical version of Justice League which Warner Brothers or DC still says is the canon version so the Snyderverse is its own now another version of this universe where other things happen. So then it's like you have the Justice League theatrical version, and then then you offshoot it into uh, Aquaman, got his own movie, but they have no intentions on connecting him back. And now we're getting a new Batman, which they've already said, and we talked about that being an Earth-1, but Ben Affleck's not going to be Batman, so this universe has no Batman. And then The Flash, we're still going to do a Flash movie, and we're doing Wonder Woman 84, but 1984 has nothing to do with justice league now that one you can fake because it was in 1984 so you can kind of like make something work from that but they still have no intentions of bringing these characters back together they have no intentions of bringing henry cavell back as far as we're aware ben affleck now coming back to this flash movie then once again is like okay are they going to use this flash movie as a way to explain why these characters go their own ways and get separated or are they going to use this flash movie as a way to bring them all back together and keep going like i don't know what the overall idea is in this and it's confusing as i mean it's confusing for us so how do how do you think a casual viewer can handle this yeah like all the multiverse earth 2 stuff is confusing enough and then you Mm -hmm. got some characters returning and some characters not returning and Ray Fisher was supposed to be in this movie as like have a cameo as cyborg, but then he's not because of his issues with the studio. And I don't know, it's all very uh, confusing to us, even who know, have more of an idea of what's going on than like the casual fan, you know? So I don't know how they're going to write everything. I guess this movie will have a lot to do with time travel. And because I think it's, flashpoint it's like has to do with that storyline so i mean they might use this for a catalyst to like reset things and make things right i have no idea what they're gonna do uh but in at the end of the day it is a superhero movie so i will see it and uh i don't know i'm intrigued about the multiple batmans in whatever way they do that whether or not i mean i would imagine you have to I mean, you're going to have Michael Keaton in there as Batman. What Batman is he going to be? Is he going to be the darker version? Is he going to be the 1989 version? (laughs) Is he going to be the same Batman or is he going to be Thomas Wayne? Is he going to be a different character? Is he going to be, 
cast as Batman but be different or are they going to keep that then if you got Ben Affleck where does he fit in into that you know so there's a lot of yeah a lot of zaniness going on over there in a movie like you said in kind of a universe that seemed to be dead so it's really weird yeah the confusion is going to stay until like we get some kind of footage or trailer so you get a better idea of what's going on I know we're a ways off from that but even then it'll probably still be yeah, confusing it, as all hell it's so, going to be confusing even when we watch it it's going to just be until these movies just keep going and they just ignore each other and you just go this is the movie flash and you just keep going with it um, it just depends on how much cameo they do like I said, if Wonder Woman, if Gal Gadot shows up in this, if Aquaman shows, like if this turns into another Justice League team up movie where these characters are all on screen together, then that's kind of weird. I think Ben Affleck should stay out of this one. You know, you want to do Michael Keaton and have him be a different character or something similar. Cool. That's that's different. But Ben Affleck yeah. makes it murky. Yeah, especially since he's already pronounced that he's like done with the character and his movie he was going to do is scrapped you know the deathstroke movie so like what is the point of you coming back for another thing if you're not gonna expand upon it any more than that like i don't know it just seems kind of like a empty gesture or or something so all about that money i guess so man paycheck (laughs) yeah (laughs) right just go make armageddon 2 or something get your money that way i don't know god that'd be hilarious (laughs) you think aerosmith has another uh another hit in them, them. another hit like that that they could do that'll live forever yeah get Liv tyler some work <laughs> you know yeah it's been a while she could she could probably use the work <laughs> getting to we're gonna make a quick 90 degree turn here to a heading a different direction but this week call of duty Warzone dropped their new map long rumored new Warzone map finally went live thursday night they blew the damn thing up Wednesday during a live event that if you had a job, you were unable to participate in because they ran it from about central time, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So, you know, if you had a job, then you, you weren't playing that because when I turned it on at four, I couldn't get in and the, the whole island was already nuked. So I was a little upset because I wanted to participate in seeing a live event and have it be nuked and missed it. So... That was kind of a yeah bummer. that was that was a bummer i i too was at work so i don't know who that was for like jobless gamers i guess just, I, but... I think it seemed like it was just for the streamers like let's just set it up for the streamers to be able to do it the people who do that is their job and yeah. let's get all send all everyone to go watch their streams and yeah. i mean that's the only thing it seems like it was for is it'll be documented there those guys will take care of it so uh, supposedly it was plagued by long wait you know wait times and nobody could get in and everybody's game was crashing because too many people were trying to do it so I'm yeah call, sure we call didn't of duty anything. yeah call of duty is known for their game killing bugs and frustrations so if we if we saved ourselves from being part of another one then i guess i can't be too mad about it but last night we were able to sit down Friday night, Friday night shooties is normally what we do. Play some Warzone, play some, you know, Black Ops, play something. And uh, we were able, Don and I were able to do some duos in Warzone. And we went back in time to Verdank's 1984 and just wanted to see what you thought about the new map, Don. Yeah, man. First impressions, we got a little bit, uh, got a little taste of it. Did a few rounds, maybe an hour or so of uh, playing. 
it for those familiar with the old Verdansk map um this one is very similar um just with a few changes here and there because you're it's basically the same Verdansk but you're going back into 1984 which i still don't fully understand how they explained how they were back in time i guess it's just a flashback it's not like we didn't time travel back to 84 is that what you kind of got from it it seems like it i mean there's still a nuclear explosion in the hills so they're still acknowledging that it happened so yeah i don't know if it's a flashback to tell a story that has something to do with the future i don't know it's hard it's hard to tell how they're doing it because it's hard to um follow the story of this game it tries to be story driven but it can't really be because it's just a um battle royal game so i don't understand the story part sometimes but i digress uh the map itself is 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 cool i mean it seems a little freshened up to me it just seems like they cleaned some things up uh made it a little brighter like we talked about the environments a little brighter so it seemed a little easier to uh, navigate around to me some of the locations have the same name like i think prison's still there uh farmland downtown but like downtown for example in the old map everything was completely built and it's like you're in a huge downtown area that would like resemble like a new york or la or chicago or what have you but in this one you can go there and some of the buildings look like they're like still under construction like me and you found a cool place to hide yesterday uh in like this hanging semi truck trailer yeah. of like a building they're still building downtown and like you can step out and like walk on the rafters of the building so i thought that was pretty cool that was cool uh yeah so i mean we've been playing warzone for over a year now so i felt it was time for a refresh we we talked about we were maybe a little disappointed it wasn't a 100 percent new map from like top to bottom uh we didn't really know what to expect but I mean, we're gonna, we're still gonna play the hell out of this map, I'm sure, uh, no matter what. So, yeah, first impressions are good. Once we get a little deeper into it, I'm sure we'll have a deeper conversation. But, uh, what were your initial thoughts during those couple rounds? Yeah, it was really cool. For those that don't know, I probably should have said this first, but for those who don't know, it Warzone is a battle royale game. So it's basically like Fortnite but Call of Duty version where you dump 150 people, I think it is, on a map. So this map is huge. And then it's last team. You can play solos, duos, trios, or quads. And the last team or member of team alive wins the game. So you want that war zone victory by making it all the way to the end. So it's all about survival. So it's not just running around shooting. You're also running around and hiding or figuring out. Some people are really good and they run around and shoot and other people... I need to hide in bushes and hope nobody sees me because as soon as I get seen, usually I'm killed. But Or I charge people. We're, we're not that great, to put it out there. We're not that great at this game. We still have fun, but we're not the greatest. We have moments. Hey, we got to fourth yesterday. We got to fourth yesterday. That's so true. We did. We, 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 we're hanging in there. Uh, like you said, I like the maps greener. It's like seems like it's in spring or summertime as opposed to, you know, a dilapidated city that we seem to be in before. It was really, um, I like the colors. I like that. Yeah, I was I was hoping for a new map just to have complete new places to discover and to be able to go, not to play with a bunch of people who weren't, don't have this thing memorized, you know, to really go into a new map and everybody's learning the nooks and crannies together is kind of the fun part. 
And here it was still, oh, there's that building. We like that roof. Let's go up there. Or let's go over here. We like this, you know? And even like you tweeted out, what was your favorite, you know, drop spot? What was your favorite roof, you know, to in, in Verdanks? And now it's like, oh, it's still there, you know? Right. You know, so it was just like kind of just ready for something more. And I mean, I don't know what they could have done at all that would live up to anybody's expectations. But um, a refresh is still better than nothing. And I'm excited to keep diving into it. Hopefully we can get our other buddy, you know, get Tony in there, do some trios um, as we like to do. And hopefully maybe we can get something set up and start streaming it for you guys. And we can start, you can really see how, uh, how we hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> you can see how good or bad we are. You want to see, real time. you, you want to see some dudes get whooped by some kids ending up in like 56th place. <laughs> We're your guys raised yeah. a geek. <laughs> uh, but those are just some of our first impressions of Verdanks 1984. Just wanted to sh- throw some video game love out there for the fans. It's time, Don. We got to talk about the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Episode six, it's over. The show's over, which may or may not be the end of the show. Wait, that was it? We're done? We're, We're done, done already after six? Six. They only gave us six, man. Wow. So Crazy. this is now we have to figure out what, what we're going to watch. What are we going to talk about next week? Like no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find something. This isn't, this is just the beginning, but uh, yeah, six episodes only. That's uh, seems pretty quick, but Hey, that we had, a, we had a full show, I guess. Uh, they told yeah. a full story. They told a full story. So this episode kind of really bringing everything together. So you kind of saw, what happened with the flag smashers carly uh i forgot her name vanessa is that her name uh julia louis dreyfus's character no 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 the uh, emily vanderkamp oh sharon sharon vanessa carter vanessa carter <laughs> is the name i was going for yeah or Sh- sharon carter now i'm all confused i don't know anybody's yeah. name it's, it's sharon yeah you got it vanessa carter <laughs> i don't even think her name is her last name vanderkamp uh, like Vandekamp's fish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, the actress's name. I don't Van know. Camp. I always get, I always get her confused with Lily Sabuski. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that actress who was mm-hmm. in like some weird movie? I, when when I start, we first started watching this show. I was like, hey, there's Lily Sabuski, and my wife was like, that's not Lily Sabuski. I'm probably saying that name wrong. I was like, they look alike. They look like they each do. other. They do. They do. <laughs> right? See, I always, and whenever I see her, all that goes in my head is Everwood. And that's just, uh, that's all I think of. And I can't remember her name on that show either, but yeah. anyway. Names aren't our forte at all, all this, the time. Yeah, this, <laughs> this has gone off the rails already. All right, man. So we were, we were definitely hitting there for the, uh, for the finale. We finally got the big reveal that Falcon is, wait, spoilers, spoilers, uh, spoilers, 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 three two one falcon is captain america now no more falcon it's just captain america yeah sam finally donned the shield that was such a crazy metaphor this whole show finally got to see him in his wakandan suit and the uh the wings and i mean full on i mean straight out of the comic books appeal for this suit um, we saw more of John Walker tons to talk about but what do you think of the overall episode here the big reveal with uh, Captain America Sam unveiling himself to the world as Captain America I thought the episode was great um I say this every week but another strong entry into this series uh to close this series down 
I thought it was uh, pretty well balanced from beginning to end with like story and wrapping things up and action. And uh, right there at the beginning, like you said, we get Sam in his Wakandan suit, his Captain America suit. Uh, which it was true to the comics. If you've ever read any Sam Wilson, Captain America comics that were released um, in recent history, like they got that suit perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes when you see a suit done in a superhero movie, that's not exactly like, you know, it from the comic books, it can be disappointing. And then sometimes if they get too close to, uh, exactly what it is you're like ah they could have made some changes but like this one i feel was a perfect uh lift right from the comics and they brought right to your screen so anybody who's a fan of those books was not disappointed um i thought it was cool that they kept his wings with him because we did see in episode five he got the wings ripped off and he didn't really seem to care about them he handed them off to like the the torres guy and was like you keep them so in my mind i'm thinking maybe he's not going to use the wings anymore. Uh, I even thought maybe this kid will be Falcon too. Like they never got to that point. Maybe they will in the future. Who knows? But it was totally cool. Him with the wings and uh, his attacks with the shield and using the rocket pack to like combo attack with those things was like super dope stuff. You would have never seen Steve Rogers do because he didn't have the ability. So this was like, a totally cool refresh on Captain America, and I was totally into it. Oh yeah, when when he was fighting those helicopters, and that one helicopter went down, and he jumped on that bridge, he grabbed the the terrorist, the bad guy, and then he like used the shield and the wings to cover up, and that helicopter bounced off of him. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, that was that was like the best the best scene of that that whole sequence. Yeah. I was cheering when that happened. Yeah. That was great. Something I, Steve could never do. Yeah, I loved I loved that moment, and I loved the teaming up with the civilian pilot woman, the, the yeah. politician, a uh, senator, and I loved that just like he was talking with her and coordinating that, and really what I really liked that Sam did in this episode was that he was very um, of the people. Like, we can't, I can't do this alone. I need everybody, and they really kind of pushed on that, like, everybody needs to participate i can't do this by myself you know and i can he can lift the heavier load than most people but he needed everybody and the fact that they allowed this like senator congresswoman to be kind of the hero of that moment with his assistance was really cool and i really just kind of really tied this just giant action thing that the first pretty much 20 to 30 minutes of this episode the majority of this episode was this big action sequence when carly was trying to stop the the senate vote which was going to realign all of the borders that uh came into place when the blip happened five years before and then they wanted to uh, vote to re-establish all of the previous borders before which was then going to put a lot of people out of their homes which was kind of the overall premise of the whole show so kind of watching all this action took place was awesome and yeah i loved the way he looked the only thing i wish they would have done was allowed the reveal to happen as he busted through that window they did mm-hmm. one shot where they showed him flying in and you could kind of see the suit, but not good enough. And I'm just like, don't let that be the first time I see it. <laughs> yeah. I want to like the, You want that moment of like all there right on screen. Yeah. I yeah. can understand that. So it's like, you could have had the shield bust through the window. Like you just didn't need that one half second shot, which is just me complaining. 
but just that one shot of him flying in was just i was like no i don't want to see it there i'm like closing my eyes i was like let me <laughs> see it when he busts because as soon as he busted in that window the shield came flying in he busted through the window and stood up and they're like who are you he's like i'm captain america i was like that's right man that's right yeah that was, that so was cool. a stand that was a stand up and cheer moment when he said that for the first time he's like yeah you are yeah yeah you are sam <laughs> and i'm I'm so glad that we were able to see, because of course we finished Endgame and everybody saw, you know, Steve give Sam the shield and everyone's like, oh, he's the next Captain America. And it just kind of was a thing. And I was glad that we got to see this in a show. You know, we got to spend these six episodes watching Sam go through what it means be the successor to Steve Rogers where normally you don't have the opportunity in a store in movies when you're just doing movies you don't have that kind of time to do that you have two hours two and a half hours for a Marvel movie you know maybe the first 20 minutes Sam would be like I don't deserve the shield but then they got to get on to whatever the point of the movie is and here we're able to get six episodes where we could get down and a little bit more personal and it just really made that moment a lot more powerful than I think it would have been if they would have tried to do this in a Captain America movie. Oh yeah. You're right about that. If the next time we would have seen Sam would have been in another um, movie, we would have had this suit right away and he would have just been jumping into action. Like, Hey guys, I'm the new Captain America. Let's, let's start fighting. So yeah, Disney plus being used as a tool for these shows for them to like, further tell those stories and get into like these little cracks that you would never be able to get into in the movies is a great tool for them and i'm glad it seems like they're um all connecting with each other uh you know wandavision leading us into doctor strange this leading us into whatever's coming next for these characters it's it's great that they're working in concert with each other like that right yeah absolutely i i yeah i love that they did that uh, so then we also had kind of going into this John Walker, kind of his exoneration all of a sudden, like John Walker showed up ready to kill Carly and wanting to fight all the Flag Smashers for uh, killing his buddy. Uh, Lamar, I blanked on his name because once again, we're terrible with names. <laughs> yeah, uh, But he was mad that, you know, you know, obviously he's still mad that Lamar was killed by Carly. And she even said, you know, I didn't mean to kill him because he doesn't matter. And then he's all mad and freaking out. And you're like, oh, you know, and they're really they really wanted to hammer home as much as they could that she was the bad guy, even though she was sympathetic in her own right. And everybody, there were shades of gray amongst all the characters on this show. But John Walker kind of has, has has had kind of a weird transition from introduction to villainization to redemption, redemption. Kind of, maybe, I don't, you know, I, it was kind of weird and I don't know, even ending this show now, I don't know where we are with John Walker or who he is as really a character at this point. Yeah, that is one thing I felt about this show with everything I liked. I mean, there's still got to be things you can uh, pick apart and talk about that maybe you didn't feel as great about. And that would be one of them is the us only having six episodes some of the resolutions seemed kind of rushed yeah and john walker's story is a prime example of that i mean if i feel like if we would have had more time to maybe flesh out his ending that would have been better so yeah him being him coming back and being mad and trying to kill carly but then all of a sudden he's on the same team as falcon and as sam and bucky 
and like they're okay with him now like you guys were just trying to kill each other last episode like we've had no real resolution to that so like how are you just like nodding at him like we're cool now like how why are you cool how are you cool like i don't know that part seemed kind of rushed and them getting him to the end uh and the u.s agent suit seemed kind of rushed a little bit as well i mean i'm i'm excited for the future of the john walker character clearly we're not done with him but yeah i feel like his story was so strong around episodes five maybe four and five right in there like it was basically like the john walker show for a little bit there yeah uh so i felt they could have ended him on a little stronger note but that's just you know a small complaint that's like pulling hairs they needed one more episode they needed one more episode kind of to really show the impactfulness of what he did when he killed that dude like we had just that little bit in the beginning of episode five where i mean even on even the synopsis for episode five was like john walker faces the consequences of his decisions and his actions and you're like oh man this is gonna be crazy but out he had that fight in the beginning and then he had one scene in that episode where they were like you're discharged and he's like you made me you're discharged and then that's it okay he got discharged and then yeah val shows up and she does her thing and you know they're moving along towards the u.s agent plot line but he really needed an episode of some kind of circle because like right now the problem that they're running into from a a casual viewer standpoint is nobody knows who us agent is nobody knows really why they should care and then once again is us agent a bad guy or a good guy right you know so it's like okay cool she gave him a suit she's calling him us agent he seems happy about that should i be happy about that or should i be like "Uh oh I don't yeah. know how to feel about that because I they didn't give me a full enough picture of John where John Walker was. It seemed like they wanted me to be happy for him at the end of, of this show. They wanted me to think he was redeemed, redeemed for what he did. But he did he killed somebody, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. We're we're they wanted us to feel a certain way about John Walker in the show to like progress the show, like he's the villain. But now at the end, it seems like they want us to look at him as well, he might be okay, but why might he be okay? Like yeah. he's laughing and joking and being like, "I'm back, I'm back," but you're you're a dude we were supposed to hate like two episodes ago. So yeah. that is that is very kind of confusing, and I don't know something. I wish we had a little more clarity on what they were doing. I know they're gonna string it along because you know Julia Louis Dreyfus, the Val character, is clearly gonna be in a lot of things like we talked about last episode i think she might be pulling the nick fury thing making a team of her own anti-heroes whether it's the thunderbolts or the dark avengers or whatever the case is going to be but mm-hmm. yeah that 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 storyline kind of ended on a weird note for sure another uh, kind of weird note overall was the power broker obviously yeah. we got the reveal that it was sharon i mean to mm-hmm. the surprise of probably nobody um, yeah towards the end of it nobody should be surprised by that yeah i think it seemed like there was you know just the only way to do it once again it still comes down to i don't know what the power broker is as we talked about last week um it seems like she's just an arms dealer right like running madripoor's yeah criminal underworld maybe? yeah and i think she you know it sounded like she had a run-in with carly and she probably got them the super soldier serum and was helping them with their cause and then they decided to take it one step further and kind of turned on her um sharon went 
all to the ends of the earth to make sure Carly died to not get that secret out there. Uh, Same thing with uh, Batrock. She took him out too to, because those are the two people who could have outed her. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, she, she took she took care of both of them. <laughs> so she was able to keep her secret, and it was a little disappointing that they took the last mid credit scene just to kind of show us that she was exonerated. You know, she's been cleared. She has a pardon for her crimes from Civil War. She's allowed to come home. She's going to work for Shield again and get her job back. But now she's going to want to sell stuff to people and be a bad. It's like okay cool i don't i don't know where that fits in i don't i don't know like on what type of show that fits in on i don't know what type of movie i don't know where you go with that plot thread it seems like they want us to care a lot more about the power broker than i do mm-hmm. like to me it's always just been kind of a little throw-in story here in this show and it's like they bring it up and like i haven't been made to care enough about it so I don't, I'm not really invested in that plot at this point. Like, and what you just said, them having that be the the final stinger of the episode was kind of disappointing to me. I felt like they could have done something different with that to maybe set up a future movie or show, kind of like how WandaVision did for Doctor Strange. Yeah. I was hoping for something more along those lines. But, uh, I mean, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Power Broker don't really care right now <laughs> sad, sad trombone yeah now i blanked i had it i had exactly <laughs> what? what happened man you blanked on something i had i had a really good point but it just completely blanked on my face you saw it you saw it happen you look like a confused boy <laughs> <laughs> so overall like I said, now we're, we're, we've seen what they're giving us with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've seen the whole show now. We may get a season two. We may not. We do have an idea of when we'll see these characters next, which we'll get into it in a minute. But just overall, how did you, how, what were your overall impressions of the show? Where will this last with you? Is this something you can't wait to dive in to watch again? Is this something, you know, like, how, did, how do you feel about the show overall um, from an excitement level? Did it ever reach the hypes for you of like a WandaVision? Or even as we're going to talk about here in a minute, Invincible, which I feel is still being completely underrepresented in the media uh, at this point in yeah. time. But how how did just overall talk for now that yeah. we've seen the whole show, now that's in the can? Uh yeah, I, I I really did enjoy this show. I did have high hopes for it at the beginning, and short of them not all being met, they were mostly met. Uh so, yeah, I, I do hold this show in pretty high regard. I think it was good from start to start to finish. It did have its flaws in there. Like we just went over a few of them and it did have some during the course of the show. But I feel like it did deliver on what it was supposed to. Uh, could have had, like we said before, could have had a little more Zemo in it for me. Uh, oh, and yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, too, maybe Bucky Winter Soldier might have been a little underutilized. And I did talk about him being um, seeming like he was depowered in this. He wasn't as strong as he's been shown in the movies before. So I feel like they could have done a little more with his character. But in the end, this show was called Falcon and Winter Soldier. But let's be honest, this was really like Sam's show and about the evolution of Sam from Falcon into Captain America. And uh, we touched on 
things that, like we said, important themes like um, uh, racial injustice in the world and, and societal issues and real life issues that I feel were important to touch on. We went through all of those and Sam had a great speech in this episode to the senators about uh, the state of of people and their trust in the government and what people in power should be doing. And I felt like that was a great scene and great message that kind of tied the whole show together. So at the end of the day, I feel like um, it was a strong show and I'm glad I watched it. Uh, I may have, if you really like put the truth serum in me, I may have enjoyed WandaVision a little more than this, but I'm, I'm, pretty confident in saying you know i i could see myself watching this again someday especially if they do come up with a season two or another movie just to like refresh my mind that's what i might do uh but yeah strong show i like how they're setting up uh the hand downs of different characters like i feel like this is the first step sam becoming cap uh and in the future i feel like marvel is setting up to like move ahead with the mcu to a new generation uh they they just started here they they seem like they're gonna do that in hawkeye with kate bishop uh jane foster is gonna take over thor i mean chris hemsworth can't play thor forever florence Pugh might be the new black widow so they're like keeping this train moving man you know for for new new fans and new characters so i think marvel's really smart with the way they're doing this so i'm ready for uh what comes next loki and I don't know what were your what were your final thoughts about Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I really I I agree with you on most of that. I I mean it was a it was an entertaining show. I did make want to watch it every Friday. I didn't fall off that train as I fall off of many trains when it comes to watching TV shows. Um, I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed the stories. There were obviously always things that I want. Uh, for me, it never hit the highs I wanted it to, and that could be my expectations or just me wanting too much. Uh, but like I said, a lot of the episodes did feel a little procedural. They just kind of followed the the path to get to where they needed to go. Um, when it was when it was at its best, it was great. Like I said, I I mean, I loved the uh, Isaiah storyline really throughout, and his come around at the end and giving him that last scene showing that his sacrifice, you know, mattered and won't be forgotten was a great way to to bookend the show. You know. Um, so I really, you know, I like the themes that they touched on. I thought they were all very poignant for the uh, the time that we're in on top of just that is, a, you know, a question, you know, that would get asked. So, um, yeah, I think just being able to really touch on all of that and really ground grounding Captain America and some superheroes was really well done. Uh, there were just little things, you know, character motivations. I feel like they tried to cram too much in six episodes some pacing but i mean that's just me getting a technical you know nerding out on technical details overall the show was great it was super entertaining to uh uh, to sit and get like a marvel story on a smaller scale which i think is really great and i know i already said about just being able to really see the building of these characters and really see a lot more motivations than we would in a movie. And I think it, that's what makes these shows successful is being able to actually just have the, the week to week and actually have a good, you know, six hours to tell the story as opposed to trying to cram it all into two. Yeah, man. Feige and those guys over there, they know what they're doing with all this. 
uh i'm almost like more excited for the shows than like the movies at this point it's easier to watch uh we get more character driven stuff going on so big fan of what they have going on and we got a ton of content coming from them for this whole year so like this little break in between loki this might be like the longest break we get black widow is going to be in there and then all the shows on the docket and the movie still coming up it's a it's a good time to be a marvel mcu fan right now it's a weird thing too though because you have all of the characters that we all love already got all moved over to disney plus and they're all getting shows which is cool but then now you're still want to get us to go see these movies and these movies are all like unproven topics you know yeah you have black widow coming out in july but like as we talked about earlier, Shang Chi is an unknown for the most part. Eternals unknown. Um, yeah, Shang Chi and Eternals is going to be their biggest like test, kind of to see how much faith they think that fans have in them that they'll just go see something just because it's like, well, you should trust us. Look at what we've done, and they kind of did that a little bit with Guardians of the Galaxy. That was like an unproven franchise that nobody. I mean, I'm remembering back to when that movie was coming out, people didn't think it was going to do anything just because it's like an unproven franchise. This is throwing brand new characters on people that we've never heard of. And you're just popping the Marvel name on there. And you're like, well, it's going to do great. That movie did great because it was good, but it could have easily, it could have easily, you know, failed because nobody wanted to go see a bunch of, you know, space superheroes that they've never heard of before. And, you know, it it did work out for them, but that's kind of what I feel like we might, we're getting into here with Shang-Chi and Eternals is another big risk, and we're going to see if it pays off. Well, the one thing that Guardians had for it, and Eternals definitely has going for it, is the cast. Right. Because, you know, I mean, I know Chris Pratt was somewhat unknown, but he still had a name. You know, he's still, I mean, he was cast for a reason. You had Dave Bautista, who was going to bring in that own his own audience. You had, you know, you can throw Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper's name on there. I mean, it, that movie had name recognition to go along with it, um, plus the Marvel. So I think, and I think Eternals with their ridiculous cast for that movie, Angelina Jolie, and I, I know there's if you read through the line, I know it's a million people. I know a bunch of faces, but I don't know names. Yeah, have you seen how buff that Kumail? Yeah. I, I won't say his last name because I will totally butcher it, but we all know who I'm talking about, like how buff he is now. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. He had like the veins popping out of the arms. It was like, man, he's Marvel pays you to be in the gym, yeah. I guess, to, to be in these movies. We've yeah. seen it in the past with like Chris Pratt and all them, how buff they got, but that guy got jacked. Yeah. And he, he's somebody who you never thought would look that way. Like he's just like a pudgy, skinny, funny guy. Yeah, a little comedian, he, just like, yeah. you know, if I'm going to get jacked, I'm going to get ripped. Why not? <laughs> right. Right. Hey, someone's paying to give you the time to do it. Why not? Right. Shang-Chi does come at a disadvantage because for the most part, relatively unknown cast. Most people at this point know Aquafina, So throwing her in the trailer was good, you know, but then of course, do you like Aquafina? She can be hit or miss depending on your sense of humor and right. what, what you enjoy. And I know she's done some more dramatic roles that have gotten her some more acclaim. So she might have a different kind of audience. I know Michelle Yeoh is in that movie and I love her from back in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And I watch her whenever she pops up in a movie, it makes me happy. But I mean, she wasn't even in the trailer. So it's one of those things where that one, they really are holding on. This is Marvel. It looks super cool. Come see it. You know, and you know, they don't have the name recognitions to, to back it up. So that one is going to be a challenge, I think 
um, for them to really get off the ground. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But that that one um, is is the, probably their biggest risk to date so far. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna go see it because I want that thing to be a success because that looks awesome and I want more of that. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I definitely want more of that. What will easily be a success and it will not be a gamble as it was announced that Captain America Four announced production at the after this uh, season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or as they called it at the end, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, wrapped... not, to be, not to be confused with the movie that already exists called Captain America Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they that's, a, that's a movie that already exists, but okay. I forgot about that. So now am I supposed <laughs> to go watch that? Um, but they did announce that Captain America 4 is in production. So you assume that that's where we're going to see most of these characters. So that's where it comes back to is will the power broker be the bad guy of this? Will U S agent be the bad guy of this? Well, you know, like, are we going to just going to continue this show in movie form? Or is it going to be its own thing? Just starring Sam. Yeah. I, I did hear about that soon after watching the show, Captain America four, I saw it's going to be directed by the showrunner of this show. And so the writer, it should, I think. Yeah. And the writer. So it should have a lot of the same feel. We didn't know if they were going to do another season of this, but I guess they're going to go the movie route, at least initially. There could still be another season of this show after that. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's just going to be a continuation of the show, uh, just with a little more, I was going to say more money behind it, but there's plenty of money behind these Disney shows. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Will it just be seeing like a continuation of the show on the big screen? That That could be possible, but, I mean, it's cool that Sam sam cap is getting a movie uh yeah that's awesome so so yeah it's piqued my interest i'm into it yeah i'm 100 percent down i'm excited to see where they go with it i'm excited to see where disney plus goes with their shows i'm excited for all of it man mcu is back and doing its thing and i think so far they've been pretty successful with making this transition over to disney plus we agree on that all right man I've waited long enough. I got to talk about Invincible. We haven't even had a chance to talk about Invincible yet between me and you because you watched it Thursday. I watched it this morning. Invincible episode seven, the penultimate episode, because we found out their finale is next week. So they're going to end that season with eight episodes. That episode was crazy. This episode was just was just awesomeness like everything is on the table now for all of these characters. We finally found out what Robot was up to. Um, once again, full spoilers for everything that's about to happen because I'm going to talk about what Robot was up to and I'm going to talk spoilers, about spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> uh, but this episode was really all the race to find Mark. I mean, that was everybody just wanted to talk to Mark and uh, trying to find Invincible, who was mad that his girlfriend dumped him, um, even though that was really weird because she she was mad at him last episode because they she he disappeared during a robot fight where did you go where did you go and she's mad and she dumped him because he ran away but then when he said hey babe i'm invincible she goes oh i've known that for weeks so then did you know though because you were mad at him like 12 hours before for trying to save the day as a hero like that was a plot hole (laughs) yeah that was a plot hole i i do remember watching that and being feeling the same way like I I get a little annoyed when shows do that like uh they want to preserve a secret or something so they like purposely throw you off 
in a previous episode in a way that doesn't make sense later. And that's kind of what they did. Like you just said, if she knew that he was invincible and he's out there, the one fighting, why were you so upset about what was going, should he have not become invincible and like gone out there and saved his friends and everybody. And he, should he have not have done that? I I guess the, the point is she's trying to make is that she's mad. He didn't tell her, but also like, girl, we've been dating for a couple months. Like, I don't got to tell you everything. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> I her character was very tacked on and really was just there to try to just create drama that yeah. I don't think the show necessarily needed. I'm sure in the comics there's probably a lot more build up and a lot more development than we're getting on this. Right now she's just kind of this holier than thou character who's there yeah. just to kind of make sure that Mark can't do any better or like, you know, whatever he does isn't good enough for her and just yeah, to and, that drama and that friction yeah they're using her as a tool too with like the love triangle with with eve yeah you know so it's still a superhero show but it's got the teenage drama angst stuff to it so bit. they gotta of course include some kind of love triangle uh brenda dylan whoever <laughs> 90210 style <laughs> Uh, love triangle i don't know what i'm trying to say God, i can't yeah, remember he, what her other name was it was brenda dylan and jenny Jen, yeah it was no, jenny, jenny garth what jenny was garth name? um kelly. kelly kelly there it is yeah all right throwback for you, <laughs> okay. for you people over 30 <laughs> uh so this episode was really picking up at the end of last episode where basically uh and I'm blanking on her name. What was his wife's name? Omni-Man's wife. Debbie. Debbie. I knew it started with a D. I was going to say something different. Donna. Uh, de- yeah. Uh, Debbie <laughs> basically f- confronted her husband for murdering the uh, Guardians of the Globe. And he pretty much kind of said he did it without saying it. And basically is like, hey, no, you know, you need you need to know the full story. But he just isn't telling her. And he's not. I'm like, spit it out, man. I want to know. Yeah. And then she basically ran away and went and found, man, I'm terrible at my job. Which, which character do you think of? Cecil? Cecil. I I got the first letters. I don't, I don't got, I got my, I got my second COVID shot this week. I got foggy brain. Oh no. (laughs) Uh, But she ran to go get Cecil and they were basically like, we got to find Mark. And then Omni-Man is out there flying, trying to find Mark. Because everybody wants to talk to him first. Cecil is realizing that they can't stop Omni-Man no matter what they do. And they think Mark might be the only person who could potentially stop or kill his father, Mm Omni-Man. Because he's, you know, obviously invincible. And so it's just this race to try to get to uh, Mark first. While Mark is just kind of screwing around with Eve. Which I still can't figure out what Eve's point of this entire show is. Like, she just exists when they need her to exist like she's another kind of unfortunate tacton character i do wish this show had a little bit stronger female representation than they currently are giving us but yeah she she seems like her her stories are just kind of side stories now i'm hoping that they progress into something more later yeah i've been waiting uh yeah like with her building the treehouse and figuring out to really help people she needs to to really save people she needs to help people which is like a cool take on the way a superhero should think about doing things not just always just like beating up bank robbers and killing aliens like just straight up helping people so i'm interested to see where that goes but yeah for now it seems like she's just kind of a 
side thing to help Mark's story kind of progress. So we'll see what they do with her in the future. Uh, but yeah, but this pretty much the majority of this episode outside of Omni-Man just murdering all of these guards that were in his house in invisible cloaks. And I mean, he was just like brutalizing these people. I was sitting there like, what is happening right now? As he was just ripping out people's spines and push that one dude through the counter. That was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is this show is just insane. When they ramp up the violence, man, it gets gross. Yeah, it gets it gets to levels of like you remember that this show can do it because it's done it before but then when you see it again it's just like oh god yeah they went <laughs> they went there again just yeah. like stuff they could never do in a live action show just like the animation is perfect for it and yeah it's it's still crazy this episode was great yeah uh, but then basically it was Cecil and his team basically trying to slow down Omni-Man as fast as possible so they can get to Mark and Eve first and they wanted to basically tell their version of whatever the story is before Omni-Man can. Yeah. And they were just throwing, I mean, they were shooting satellite hammers down, big giant laser beams, shooting him into the ground. They were throwing monsters at him. They were showing up with guns. Like, they were throwing everything at him. And it was just crazy to watch everything. Yeah. He, he's, like, finally snapped to the point of full, like, no going back, it seems like. Uh and he's always had the ability to do this to anything whenever he wanted. And now he's finally been pushed over the edge because, you know, Debbie finally knows and he can't seem to get that situation under control. And she's uh, going against him and he, you know, flew through their roof and like scared the crap out of her and Cecil had to come get her. And now he's just got trying to get to Mark to give his side, like you said, of what happened and, I don't know if he fears what Mark is going to do, but I don't know if he fears fighting Mark, but he also knows that Mark is a powerful enough person to like do something to him if they were were ever to come to that. So he's trying to go be the father and say, I have to tell you what's going on. We still as viewers don't know his reasons for why he did what he did. They still have not revealed it yet. Uh, and it's going to be crazy in the next episode how this all kind of ties together and what what he's going to say to Mark. Now Mark has seen what his dad is capable of. Like the whole world now has seen what Omni-Man can do and will do um, cause, because the scene where the Mahler twins brought back the Immortal, who is one of the original Guardians of the Globe, who Omni-Man killed. So Immortal comes back, remembers what happens. He wants his revenge. They're having their huge fight. Uh, which is a cool scene too. And at the end of that, you know, Omni-Man puts his fist through a mortal again and kills him again. But this time everyone sees it. It's yeah. not a secret anymore. They had news choppers, uh, choppers there. Yeah. And the, the, the whole, whole world's watching on Times Square and on cell phones. So, and Mark's right there front and center to see, you know, look, look what your dad is. Look what he is capable of doing. He just killed this guy superhero. who's like a superhero uh in front of everyone so man i don't know how they're gonna end this i'm kind of glad i didn't read the comics because this is all like new to me and it's super exciting to watch play out in this yeah. format on this show um so yeah dude invincible still still going strong still like at the top of its game right now this this show has done the one thing I really wanted Falcon and the Winter Soldier to do, which was to really kind of 
want make me want more like every time i watch invincible by the time we hit an end of an episode or something i'm like oh shit like the central mystery the central story is so good and i just want more of it and even when they give you kind of monster of the week they still give you enough where you're just like all right i want more of this and that was in my opinion just the one thing that falcon and the winter soldier was missing was that it was a good story i enjoyed it i wanted to watch it because of what it was but overall like what it was wasn't anything new it wasn't groundbreaking it wasn't you could really see where the story was going you know no i don't think anybody was really ever behind you know i don't think anybody ever gasped at any real moment the only biggest moment they had was you know john walker killing that dude that was their gasp moment that they did where you said oh shit they just did it and outside of that they didn't do it this invincibles had one of those moments every show every episode yeah. <laughs> had one of those moments where you're like what and you just kind of feel something and they kind of just take you in a direction you didn't see coming and that's what good shows do and this one has done it for me yeah this one has been super great yeah we we found out in this episode that next week will be the season finale and that's kind of disappointing i wish it had more but yeah um I'm I'm like on the edge of my seat like you waiting for this final episode. It's going to be an event. We're going to Yeah. We're going to get it and like I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know like what my prediction is. I feel like I can't imagine what they can do in this episode. Like I can't I don't know what his reasoning can be. I have no idea. Like I feel like there's it's just going to be something completely out of left field where you're going to be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. That's my main thing is like you ask people they might be like what do you want to see in a final episode of invincible this season like well i want to see uh invincible and omni-man fight each other and that that's probably what we're gonna get but my thing i want is i want omni-man's reason like i've wondered since episode one been wondering this whole time that he's hiding it from everybody it's such a huge thing he kept the bloody suit he's been hiding it from his wife it's like gonna cost him his marriage and maybe his son like what is the reason that is that you had to do this to like change your life and everyone, everyone, your son's life, your whole family's life. Like, what is the big reason? That's what I'm most interested to see. Yeah. And what, and why did Mark getting his superpowers trigger it? Right. Like, what is it? Is it that he's afraid? Cause he knows that this dude, this kid, his son can now potentially hurt him. So now he's just like trying to get rid of people who, might cloud his head to turn against his father or like what yeah what is it man or is it some Maybe. other crazy like you know people from my home planet know that you're here now and a beacon's gone off and they're coming for you and i needed you know like yeah maybe i maybe he was supposed to come to this planet to exterminate it and he hasn't and his power is now kicking mark's powers kicking off sent off a radar beam and now they know that earth still exists and omni-man was supposed to conquer it or something crazy you know i mean Man, that'd be yeah, cool. those are those are good theories. <laughs> those are good theories, dude. Like maybe you just made me think of one. Maybe he thought his son, once he became a superhero, would like join the Guardians of the Globe, and them all together would be a force too much for him, and he didn't want that. I don't know. This is all speculation. Our listeners out there who've like read these comics who know what's coming are probably laughing at all our theories. Like, nope, yeah. didn't get it. You guys don't got it. You don't have it. But yeah. uh we'll we'll see it's gonna be uh we got about a week to wait here and i'm counting the minutes until 
Invincible yeah. season one finale. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Now, do you think robots plot? Because obviously we found out this episode that robot is really a little dude in a, a in a tank that walked <laughs> a little around. Dude. Like, little dude in a tank and he was all like living in some kind of like embryonic fluid and was talking he was controlling these robots telepathically and then he got put he had the, the twins put him into a younger body that he took of not Red rexplode Flash. yeah rexplode because he was in love with monster girl and wanted to be somewhere so you have this kind of like weird side story has been happening where robots been kind of doing evil things while he's also being the leader of the new guardians of the globe do you think any of that storyline now where we have robot in a human body and kind of coming out and doing all that do you think that ties in with this or do you think him and monster girl are kind of a separate thing moving into season two yeah i think they're kind of just setting that up because i guess you couldn't have the whole 45 minutes being about omni-man chasing down mark so they had to have their little side story the side story was kind of you know a little more miss than hit for me uh i think the mauler twins are cool they've had them in a lot of these episodes they're like a cool balance of like super strength and smart scientific guys so and they're in their um banter between each other not knowing like who's clone and who's real that's yeah. always super funny and cool yeah but this the robot side story was just kind of like i felt a distraction to me from like the main the main stuff of what's really going on um uh, it was interesting i like i like do like the robot character uh, and this was just kind of more of a reveal into his story. Uh, his romance with Monster Girl is a little weird. I don't know. If it just seems strange. But yeah, I just kind of took that as a side story. I did not not enjoy it, but I just kind of took it as like, like a side story that maybe setting up something for a future season or because uh, I can't imagine them doing too much with that in the finale. The finale, I feel like, is going to be mostly dedicated to uh, Omni Man, Omni Man, and Invincible. But we'll we'll see. Can't wait, man. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> I, and then and that's the thing that I wanted Falcon and the Winter Soldier to do for me. And I, it's really a shame that Invincible couldn't wait to premiere next week. Right. You know, like they really, if they would have waited just a couple weeks and, you know, launch it April 30th for those first three episodes and really hook people, they could have really stole some conversation, I think. But I, it's hard also to get people behind a animated show. I know it is. And like I think that's all the why. time. I think the Amazon people probably just said, hey, everyone's going to be comic booking it up with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So let's drop our comic book show at the same time and people can watch them on the same day. And so hopefully they got enough audience to keep this story going. Yep. I agree. Are you ready? Uh oh, what do you got? Mortal Kombat. <laughs> so we were both able to watch Mortal Kombat today on HBO. Finally is here. R rated Mortal Kombat. How did the twelve year old in you enjoy that done? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 2021 version. Uh, finally got to watch it today after months of lead up and uh, maybe even longer than months. We've known about the movie for a long time. Uh, initial thoughts on the movie. Um, I, as a video game fan and a fan of the Mortal Kombat franchise, appreciated 
what they did. Um, I have, I had issues with the movie, but I also enjoyed myself throughout. So I can, I can basically say, you know, it was a success in my eyes. The movie did have its problems, um, which we can get into later. And a lot of things that I didn't, uh, enjoy as much as I even did the 95 one that I hold so dear to my heart. But, uh, it was a fun movie. I mean, good action. If you're a fan of the game and you like the gore of the game, this movie would definitely be up your alley because it does follow a lot of those, uh, same beats that the games did. Um, I don't know, but before we get into it, like, how about you initial feelings about Mortal Kombat 21? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, it was what I think a Mortal Kombat movie can be. Uh, they definitely did. I think they did the best of both worlds where they tried to keep it grounded as best as they can, but they didn't shy away from the theatrics of Mortal Kombat where like the 1995 version was very grounded and like as realistic as possible where then Annihilation went full video game and didn't even, there was no balance. It was just insanity. And this one, I think, grounded and at least gave reason to the insanity. And I think it made for a nice mixture of being able to kind of introduce these characters and do what they did. Um, I think overall, I really enjoyed seeing these characters and I thought they were really handled with respect, as much respect as you can. Uh, The violence was cool. I mean, it had some definitely some cool shit in it. (laughs) Yeah. It did have some cool stuff. Uh, but yes, there's definitely flaws. It's not, it's, you know, you're not going to see it, you know, as expected come award season. Yeah. I mean, I'll start with like the good of the movie. The, especially even in the first scene, um, the, the fight with, I think his name was Hanzo, who mm-hmm. eventually becomes a character that we know. Uh, but Hanzo protecting his family from, um, I can't remember what his name was before Sub-Zero. So we'll just refer to them as Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Yeah. Cause I don't, I can't remember their name names, but like the first scene there, uh, where he's, um, fighting off the ninjas with his sword and the, the blade, the, the dagger that he attaches to the rope. And I didn't put together, like, I didn't know that that character was going to become Scorpion later. Like I didn't. So it took me a minute to put together once I saw him swinging around that dagger with a rope, like, oh, he's going to be Scorpion. And like, well, I mean, clearly you knew the other guy was going to be Sub-Zero when he started, you know, his hand started freezing stuff. <laughs> so so yeah. I mean, that, that was pretty clear there, but I thought that was like a cool foreshadowing to later in the movie, like starting this rivalry between these characters. Um, and the action was super cool. I mean uh gory everything you'd expect from a mortal combat movie like people getting impaled on swords and plenty of blood and uh what you want as a mortal combat fan um uh, i mean when i like 
I liked where to piggyback off of that with the violence. I really yeah. liked that just like in a Mortal Kombat game, they kind of went where they're doing fights, but they're like stabbing each other three times and blood's flying out and they're just like unfazed by it because, you know, their life bar wasn't filled, depleted yet. Right. Um, so I really liked that they still did that because some of those fights were brutal and they were like breaking arms and doing crazy stuff to these people and they were just shaking it off and keep fighting until they were done. And I think that was kind of a, a yeah. entertaining nod. Yeah, I'm with that. I mean, I like what else did I like? I like that um, the characters seemed more so than the previous movies, like closer to what they're supposed to be from the video games. Like Raiden was more Raiden than Christopher Lambert's Raiden it was just kind of a, you know, cheesy guy who makes jokes and laughs and never never fights i mean this raiden doesn't ever really fight either because i guess raiden is always forbidden from fighting for some reason he's he's like the the gatekeeper or something keeper of the soldiers he can't really fight i guess but he was cool and uh i liked the Liu kang character um the dude was jacked yeah he was for a little dude he was like <laughs> he was cut up yeah he was so yeah he was cool did the bicycle kick did the fireball uh did everything you'd expect Liu Kang to do. He had an animality, um, man. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did? Yeah, the big dragon. Oh, right, 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 right. I remember when he did that, I was like, why didn't you just do that earlier? I always think yeah. that later. Like, why'd you save that power for later? You should have done that to this dude, to Cabal. You should just be running around with this dragon eating people. <laughs> right, at all times. Why, you, why ever put that thing away? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was cool. Some of the things I didn't like, the biggest one that um jumps to the top of my mind is the main character Cole. Not a, not a fan of Cole uh being in this movie. I it's like a character I I'm not wrong that he was created just for this movie, right? He's not a guy from any game. No, he's not. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah I didn't think so. I I I thought that was unnecessary. I feel like they could have figured out another way to just have I don't know if you want to make Liu Kang the main hero like he's been in the other movies but like you could have figured out some other way i just feel like he was an un unnecessary part of this movie i know they wanted to make him like scorpion's descendant and that was the whole thing about it but he really didn't do anything for me like when he finally got his powers they were just kind of like okay um he got them from what getting beat up all the time that's what triggers his superpowers his fight with his fight with goro was kind of just like I mean, it was cool, but it was too short. Goro didn't have enough screen time, I don't think. Uh, some of the dialogue was a little cheesy for me. Um, I mean, I didn't expect it not to be, but some of it was like Kano just like was giving me a headache, like all his dumb jokes. And I felt yeah, like he didn't stop. <laughs> he didn't stop making those dumb jokes. And like, and then like, like every other word was the F word. So right. it was like dumb jokes and profanity, just like, and it felt, it hit a point where you're just feeling like, okay, you're just doing it because you can. Right. Like, you know, do something different. Yeah. But I mean, so I wouldn't give this movie a perfect scoring, but I wouldn't say it was like terrible either. I enjoyed myself sitting there watching it. I did laugh a few times and like a couple oh shit moments, you know, where I was like, oh, that's crazy. Like when Kung Lao chopped that girl up with his hot hat like chopped her in half i was like holy shit what are they doing <laughs> yeah uh, yeah kung lao chopping people in in half with a hat was definitely an oh shit moment yeah definitely 
Yeah. So, uh, I had fun with it. Basically, I mean, do you oh, have yeah. any like specific it, thoughts about? No, it, it we we mirror each other pretty well. Like I I did not like Cole. He was fine. I have nothing against the actor. It, I understood the story and what they were doing, but I didn't. I don't understand why you need to have this need to create a new character when you have thirty years worth of characters. Write a story around one of them. Um, why do I have to care about Cole Young? And, you know, his weird vest power that comes out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. I thought at some point maybe they were going to turn him into Scorpion. Because he was the descendant too. and the vest was like yellow. So I thought maybe it was going to like finish wrapping him up and he was going to become Scorpion. And then maybe that's where they were going with that. And then with that, I probably would have been like, oh, okay. Granted, I wanted to see Homeboy come back because I love that actor who played Hanzo slash Scorpion. Um, yeah. I got his name up here. Hiroki Sonata. I love that dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's great and stuff. Wasn't he in like Westworld? Yeah. Westworld season two, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, he's been in everything, man. He's like go-to. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I love when he pops up in stuff and to be able to see. And I think him and uh, Joe Taslim, who played Sub-Zero, who is big in the uh, Raid Redemption movie, which is one of the best movies ever. And uh, just to see them go at it a couple times was awesome. And uh, to really see the culture the Japanese culture, the samurai, once again, the martial arts aspect and the, the, the pride that they took in that was really cool. I really, uh, you know, and like I said, I like most of the characters. I think if they would have done without Cole, I, he just really was the character I didn't need. Kano, like I said, was a little weird because they were treating him like a good guy for most of the movie, which I was like, it's kind of it's weird. Tough. And then it kind of was there. I loved seeing Cabal because that was one of my guys. I didn't need him to be this weird, like, Hey, get over here. What are you doing? You know, that was kind <laughs> yeah. of weird. He had that, he had that weird, like Boston, New York accent. Yeah. Like what? That's not, that's not, yeah. not at all how I imagine. No, Cabal that is sounding. not how I imagine Cabal sounding, you know, with, with his, you know, iron lung mask on, but he's in there like, what, what are we doing over here? <laughs> hey, Kano, you're a piece of trash. Come on over to our side. Come on. You know, you want to give you all the money all the money triple it triple it this shang sung guy knows what it's about uh, shang sung being played by that guy the only thing i can think of him in is the dark knight where he was like the guy in the tv that's all i kept seeing was oh, that guy yeah. when was. like when like heath ledger was like the face in the tv is gonna squeal like yeah yeah that's all i could see when i was looking at it. I was like that's all that guy is to me <laughs> that's funny yeah uh, I found it ridiculous that Jax also had to find his chi yeah. to have his arms grow. Like, wait, why couldn't they? He had to figure out who he was first before they would grow. Like, they couldn't just put them on. They were metal arms. Come on. Right. They could have just had those arms put on from the beginning. They like obviously his were. <laughs> his power is for his arms just to get bigger. Okay. Yeah. Why did he why did he have to learn deep down inside himself and who he really is and what he wants to have his arms grow? Right. But yeah, it was it was goofy. It was exactly what I would expect a Mortal Kombat movie to be. I thought it had a a great level of being grounded. Um like I said, all of the action is great. Like I really had zero problems with the majority of the fights. Um they were all I could have done yeah, I could have done a little bit more with Goro, let him get him a little bit more love than he got. But I really did enjoy that fight with him and Cole. Um, I thought that that was that was done well. During that during that fight, I don't know if you noticed because like Cole's wife and daughter were watching that whole fight, which that girl's gonna need therapy till like the end of her life. 
seeing some giant forearmed man and like all these super murders. But during that fight, when he, when he got his, uh, when he finally got his powers and like he was heating up or whatever, did you hear his daughter say something like, use your power up or like use your overdrive? I was like, what? Like, how do you (laughs) use the uppercut? Oh, is that what she said? Use the uppercut. I thought she said, use your overdrive. I was like, how do you know what kind (laughs) of. How does this little girl know he has an overdrive ready to go? I was like, come on, man. But okay, but if she said uppercut, I guess that makes a little more sense. Yeah, I think but, they were trying to tie into the, the opening. Oh, uh, okay, now it makes sense. And he listened but, to her this time. That was funny to me. And when Goro, like, hit his wife and knocked her to the ground, I was like, she'd be dead. Oh, yeah. She's just a normal Earth woman. She One Goro punch should have knocked her head clean off, but she's just like, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> one Goro punch. <laughs> One Goro punch should have took her out. Yeah, more Goro would have been cool. It does seem like they have plans for future movies in this, clearly with the last scene of the movie. Um, for those, I mean, spoilers anyway, if you've listened this far, you know, but like they showed the Johnny Cage poster. I was a little, I was thinking about Johnny Cage a little bit throughout this movie. Like, man, they didn't use Johnny Cage at all, huh? But I guess, you know, they have plans for him in the future. And when they showed Shang Tsung, uh reclaiming goro's body and sub-zero's body it makes you think that they would are gonna be back find a way to revive those characters and use them for a future movie so we'll see what happens with that yeah my my thing always comes down to and they always do it with these movies that they want to be franchises is the endings always seem just not enough like you know i don't know i kind of wanted to see a tournament i kind of wanted to get i thought we were going to get to a tournament i thought we were going to get to like a moment or have a climax like yeah we had that big final battle which was cool and i mean like it was awesome i'm not gonna say it wasn't enough but just from a story completion it just kind of then you're like that's it yeah you know i just wanted a little bit more of a conclusion or like i said you beat the bad guy you beat the you know like scorpion ended up being the defect or sub-zero ended up being the de facto villain in this and you're like well what about shang sung's just chilling over there he ain't gonna do anything or this right. you know yeah little sub-zero, sub-zero was like the main villain who could fight shang yeah. sung was like the main villain who like just kind of stood off on the sidelines and was like i'm all powerful but yeah i thought i thought about that too that this is a movie about a tournament and there never was a tournament yeah that was very odd to me i thought we were going to get there at some point but then i'm looking at my uh the time of the movie when i paused it at one point i was like there's 30 minutes left of this thing there they ain't getting to no tournament there is no yeah. tournament in this movie yeah uh yeah. strange so basically long story short mortal kombat 2021 is exactly what you expect the mortal Kombat 2021 rated r version to be it's super violent it's non-stop action it's cheesy it's goofy it wants to be taken more seriously than it probably should be and it's entertaining as hell <laughs> yeah in the long run despite all those flaws it's still super watchable for fans yeah. of the movie of previous movies or the video games uh if you've ever liked mortal Kombat for any reason there's no reason why you wouldn't watch this movie and enjoy yourself you'll have your issues with it probably but you'll enjoy yourself definitely. yeah it's it's a good time especially for the next 30 days it being on hbo if you really you know just want to watch an action movie you know i grew up watching these action movies that yeah the plot you know the action is what it's about it's not necessarily the plot so you can make fun of the holes the plot holes and everything but it it was a good time 
And I'm for just sure. realizing that that big bounty hunter guy Rico with the sledgehammer that Jack yeah. was fighting that yeah. was that was Nathan Jones from back in that Australian wrestler back in the day. Nathan Jones, I'm a prisoner. I can't do an Australian accent. Oh, really? Yeah, that was made me laugh. So I can see that. <laughs> but yeah, it it's a solid movie if you are into it. If you're interested in Mortal Kombat and you're listening to us talk about it, you should probably watch it because you probably won't be disappointed. Or yep, you'll laugh sure. and make fun of it and like we're doing. <laughs> but it was a solid yeah. movie. It was solid, but yes, it's not it is nowhere close to a perfect movie. It's very basic. Agreed on all counts. Yeah. It is very basic, but that's going to wrap us up. I think we've talked long enough. Any, you got anything else, Don? No, nah, man. I think we covered everything. It's been a solid week for everything uh, we like. And sad to see Falcon and Winter Soldier end, but uh, still got another week of Invincible. Loki's right around the corner, and I sure, I'm sure we'll find plenty of other stuff to uh, entertain us in the meantime. So, yeah absolutely well you make sure as he said we'll be back next week with the season finale of invincible um and definitely if there's anything because we got an open programming slot so if there's anything that you guys want to hear us talk about hit us a tweet over at twitter uh at raised a geek or shoot us an email at raised a geek at gmail.com um let us know if there's something you think we should check out something we should geek out on something that we want to watch that you want to hear us talk about let us know and we might just talk about it next week and we got like i said a couple weeks of open programming with no falcon and waiting for loki so sky's the limit we can talk about anything You'll want to be here because I'm sure we'll talk about something fantastic anyway. There it is. But until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. Thanks for listening to the Raised a Geek podcast. Where we all speak geek. <laughs>